Three, two, one. Welcome to the David the Dog Trainer podcast, episode 74. Here we are. Whoa. It's been two weeks since we done <coughs> one. I was out of town last week. We missed our day. And here we are. We're back. Ready to roll. Feels like it's been forever. It does. Josh, what is new? <laughs> Anything new in your world? Um, besides um, <laughs> recovering from sickness. Um. <laughs> Catching the vid again. Yeah, got the vid. The, officially, finally, instead of just thinking I had it from when back in early 2019. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I thought you had it. Had it. Nope. Never. Never. I dodged the bullet. Um, we uh, I finished up stuff with that intro building um, downtown on West 25th. Uh, they opened their Pioneer uh, Sports Bar open fire grill place and their coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. So those are both open as I of did Tuesday. See that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, cocktail lounge Ja Ja is going to be more like mid July. Nice. They uh, finally understood what I was saying the whole time. There was no way they were going to open all of it all at once. Mm-hmm. So they had to kind of just put that on hold for a minute. Yeah. I mean, staffing, Three restaurants and getting whole menus, three menus together, and getting three buildings ready to be inspected and ready to open. It's just mm-hmm. not not really a feasible thing. Yeah. So, but it is pretty. I don't know if you saw the photos. I did. Yeah. Looked good. Saw the little video clip. Yeah. That was posted. Yeah. The coffee. The coffee place. Um, do you remember Poor Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the guy that had Poor. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's cool. the one. On, he's like the head roaster or whatever. So, so you know it's gonna be good. Poor was a, a good place. Obviously. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, all that coffee, all 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 their um, I don't know. I guess recipes are his. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hell yeah. Well, we got all sorts of stuff to talk about today. So I was I was out of town last week uh, for I think Wednesday through Sunday. Went mm-hmm. up to the, the old northern Michigan, little relaxing getaway. Mechanic for my birthday. It was nice. fun. It's a good time. So now we're back at it. It has been, been fucking slammed since we got back, man. Uh, yeah. So you know, people ask me sometimes, like, David, don't you ever get tired? You know, like you work so much, blah blah. blah. Yes, I get tired. <laughs> I'm pretty tired right now. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> pretty tired right now. So sure. so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're freaking slammed. I was at the facility. What day is today? Today's Thursday. Tuesday night, I was at the facility till almost two thirty in the morning. <laughs> training oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> there's been a lot a lot of stuff going on a lot of things to do mm. um you know obviously we're we're you know we're super busy for the summer that's a lot of it right now is boarding has been at capacity every single weekend so yeah. far this summer you Damn. know yeah and you know it's funny we just formally this year this summer put like a true cap on things because we never really hit an unreasonable number before that like we would have you know a, a, a busy weekend here and there like on a holiday or something like that mm-hmm. but it was never like a consistent issue where we needed to worry too much about it yeah. this year it's been it's been a thing you yeah know, like we've been <laughs> at freaking capacity so um 
with hitting capacity more frequently. Obviously, we've been doing a lot of work with, uh, you know, the staff and stuff to help manage that number of dogs appropriately. So mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going into that. You know, I've got a lot of dogs I'm personally working with, and this is luckily my last month that's going to be the case. You know, I think we talked about since Chastity left, I basically took over all the dogs we had booked for her, which was yeah. months ago, obviously. And I kind of kept booking myself some because it wasn't too bad. Uh, it's starting to catch up with all the <laughs> other things. So yeah. this is my last month that I'll be working with this many board and trains. And then it'll be going back down to like, I think like two maybe that I'll have. Like I, we talked about with Chris, like I like doing them. You know, it, it is a lot of fun. But between the send home lessons, the follow up lessons, the client communication throughout the program, actually training of the dogs, my one on one class. I'm doing all that kind of stuff. It's just a lot. Yeah. We also have on a on a cool standpoint, <clears throat> I have a client in right now that got here Monday that's spending the week here actually. So she's staying here Monday through Friday. She's up from uh like central Kentucky. Oh. Um and she's here with her Malinois. She's done some training with him before, but she wanted to come up. She was having some reactivity issues still with him, socialization related issues with her, sorry. Um tightening up obedience commands you know just just Mm -hmm. really focusing on a little bit everything the dog was horrible with nails that was something Mm -hmm. we tackled yesterday we made a fucking banging youtube video that's going to go up today on basically tackling nail trimming issues from start to finish and it was so cool because this dog was really bad with it to start and we ended like perfect right um, so there's going to kind of be like a step-by-step process as far as that's concerned. Uh, today, we're going to be getting into uh, incorporating like toys into play and stuff. It's cool because like the dog has a foundation on it, right? The dog knows everything. Like yeah. you'll see, we posted a video of it uh, from Monday, from Monday's vlog. You'll see like some of the sessions that we did with this dog. And uh, <clears throat> the dog knew everything. It was fine, right? It was just once you have the train, and this kind of correlates to everything we're going to talk about today, <laughs> which is training is not something that's for the dog, really. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Training is something that's for the owner, and and training is not so much about teaching things or fixing things or anything like that. Training is about helping the owner understand the individual dog that they have mm-hmm. and what they need in order to keep that dog successful. So basically teaching how do you as an owner be better for your dog, right? Yeah. Obviously, I'm not taking responsibility away from dogs, right? <clears throat> Obviously, there's training that goes into play, right? Obviously, there's, um, you know, improving on the dog's social skills and improving on the dog's abilities and stuff like that. Yep. But that all comes from us understanding our dog and understanding how to improve on those things with our dog, right? Yes. So so that's been cool. So we've been working with them uh, a little bit. You know, it's, so I was doing a lesson the other day, and I think I, I came up with this kind of analogy of what training is and why owners may experience issues with their dog's training post like board and train or something. The first time I really like, I like articulated it in a certain way that I was like, man, that like, I felt like it resonated when I told it to the person. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So let's look at training, right? What, like I said, what is training, right? Training is a communication system, but more specifically, if we want to humanize this kind of stuff, training is a language, right? And, you know, why do dogs exhibit bad behaviors? Why do dogs not listen to their owners? This, that. It's from a frustration of not feeling like they can communicate with us, we can communicate with them, or they can communicate with their surroundings effectively, right? Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> gather my thoughts here. <laughs> so, so basically, right, so let's look at a human, right? Let's say you you speak English, right? And you're going to go to Mexico, right? Yeah. And they speak Spanish there, mm-hmm. right? And you don't speak any Spanish, mm-hmm. right? You're going to go there. 
and shit's going to be a fucking disaster. Yeah. You're not going to be able to communicate with anybody. You're going to get frustrated. They're going to get frustrated. Everybody is going to get ridiculously frustrated, Mm -hmm. right? Same deal, right? (laughs) You, You could have a trained dog that knows, let's say, dog training as the language yeah. and you could have an untrained owner that does not know dog training as a language mm-hmm. same concept it's going to be a mess you're going to be butting heads you're not going to be able to communicate effectively yes right now let's say you went to mexico right and you spoke a little bit of spanish not much but you spoke a little bit of spanish right it's going to be better you're going to be able to communicate a little bit Way and better. kind of get people to listen to you and understand you and stuff like that, yeah. right? But it's there's still going to be a degree of frustration, right? Mm-hmm. When I went to Italy, I remember in most of the places, like the touristy places, there were some places we went into where they spoke very little English, right? And the communication process of like trying to like get them to understand what it is I needed or mm-hmm. wanted or needed help with or something like that, we were able to get it done, but it wasn't smooth. It wasn't easy, Yeah. right? <clears throat> Then let's take, let's say you speak perfect Spanish. You speak fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. And you go there, and it's a cakewalk. There's no yeah. problems, right? Communication is seamless. It's easy. Nobody's frustrated. There's no stress involved in it. Everybody's having a good time, et cetera, et cetera. Now let's look at dogs and owners and dogs that go home from board and train programs, right? Before starting a board and train program, you were at the first stage. You speak no Spanish and you're going to Mexico and it's a disaster. Yep. Dog doesn't understand you. You don't understand the dog. Now let's look at post board and train, right? Immediately post board and train, right? You're in that middle ground phase mm-hmm. where the dog understands the language and you kind of understand the language. You're kind of catching up to the dog in this scenario. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> There's still going to be frustration. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be smooth, right? Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of stuff going on, it's even harder for you guys to communicate with each other, yep. right? But if you stay the path and you understand that this is not a dog problem, this is a I don't understand the language fluently enough problem, and you could take that responsibility with that, you'll eventually get to the place where you guys are both fluent in the language, and you could both understand each other. Yes, you know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? It makes 100% sense, right? yeah. So so we get so hung up on looking at, you know, the dog, right? And oh, yeah. the dog needs to be better, right? Mm-hmm. And what I really need people to start doing is start looking at how can we be better for the dog? And listen, yeah. I'm we've talked about this so many times on the podcast here. I'm pro-human in this equation, right? Mm-hmm. I do believe that the human does, to some extent, come first in the equation when it comes to all sorts of different issues, right? And I do believe that, like, you know, we should be, as trainers, making it as easy as possible for owners to be better for their dogs. Yes. But in the end of the day, it still is a matter of you're either going to be better for the dog or you're not going to be better for the dog. Yeah. Right? And I think one thing... One thing that trainers experience so much in this industry that doesn't really get talked about or it gets talked about in the wrong way in the form of like owner shaming and stuff like that. And before I get into all this kind of stuff, none of this is owner shaming, right? I love all you guys, right? I'm here to help all of you guys. And I do believe that everybody can be better and everybody can improve on some of these areas that trainers have an issue with, right? Mm. But we experience so much this influx of clients coming in that have completely unrealistic expectations of what the training process looks like, mm-hmm. right? We get clients that come in 
we had a situation the other in in all these examples I'm going to give. I'm going to leave out like names and stuff like that because like all of these situations were handled and resolved and and I don't think I understand the frustration involved mm-hmm. in all these cases, right? Yeah. I'm going to give a couple examples of what I mean though by this is the stuff that we deal with as trainers that every everybody across the board. If you're a trainer, you deal with this kind of stuff, yeah. right? I don't care how good or how bad you are, <laughs> you deal with this stuff. Oh yeah. Right? And and I want to go over some of these kinds of things to help owners understand the stress involved in our job, Mm -hmm. right? In the effort of trying to help you, right? So, so we had a situation, this would have been a couple months ago, right? And we had a dog in for a board and train, right? And easy dog. I mean, come on. Like this was like an, this was an easy dog, man. Like (laughs) dog was pretty young. I think it was like under a year old, like nine or 10 months, something like that. No major issues. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Just, just needed training. You know, mm-hmm. they were, like, referred to as by somebody or something like that. Sent the dog to a board and train program, right? Dog did phenomenal, right? We sent the dog home, right? Literally 24 hours after the dog goes home, right, we get an email. Oh, boy. <coughs> I almost want to, like, pull it up and read it because it was so <laughs> freaking ridiculous. Oh, God. Right? I wonder if I can. Hold on. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Fill the space here. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, this is sad that you have. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. Oh, you got it right up. Wait, hold on. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, this is just the fact of the matter that what you were talking about um, beforehand that people think that it's just this magic thing that happens that you change the dog <laughs> right, and they gonna, don't need to change. I'm going to read this here. Okay, and and I want to clarify after I read this, right? The situation was resolved. It's Everything is fine right now. Yeah. Right? There, there's, no, there's no hard feelings. But whatever. Okay. <laughs> Leaving the names out here. <clears throat> we have issues with insert dog name. I dropped off to you the sweetest dog that has never once had an issue, and now I have a dog that growls at my kids and lunged at one of them trying to bite him. All capital letters. This is not okay. He has gone from no issues to four instances in 48 hours back at home. How did his personality change while with you guys? This needs to be fixed immediately. This is not the same dog that we dropped off. It's great he could walk on a leash, but now I can't leave him alone with my kids. <clears throat> oh, boy. Okay, so so again, everything's fine right now. Yeah. Right? Dog is doing fantastic <laughs> at home. Right? Good. <sighs> so so obviously we get the email. That email was sent to one of my trainers, right? Um, immediately showed it to me. I was like, look, there's obviously a situation I'm going to handle here right now, right? Because clearly this person is upset, right? Mm-hmm. And and they need to probably need to be chilled out a little bit in a, in a polite and respectful way, right? Yeah. So I call. I'm like, what's what's going on, right? And and the, the phone call itself was just like so emotionally charged, right? Mm-hmm. Like the person was so angry and just kind of being a prick, right, yeah. over the phone, right? So, you know... It, it, we we kind of start getting into the situation, this, that, right? Turns out, right, so, and, and again, I didn't train this dog, so I didn't have all these details, right? They have, I think, two children, pretty young, I think like five and seven or five and eight, something like that. This is this is not even a power, this is like a burn-a-doodle, right, this dog, oh right? It's like, a, it's like a, it's not super big, right? Yeah. Whatever. 
So so he's been home, right? And the kids just like won't leave the dog alone, right? Yeah. And, and they're just constantly going up to him and hugging him, petting him, grabbing him, this and that, blah, 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 blah right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I was like, all right, well, can you outline the, the incidents you had? He said you had four instances, right? Turns out there was, I think, two, right? There wasn't four, okay. right? There was like two, right? One of them was the dog was in the living room, right? Chewing on a bone on his bed. They put him on a bed stay and he had a bone he was chewing on. And the, the kid went up to him like three times to try to go give him a hug while he was like chewing on his bone. Yeah. And the third time, Gus growled at him. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Listen, and again, like the the issue is is one, we went over this kind of stuff in the Sentinel bus, and I did confirm, like, these were things that were talked about, right? Like, yeah. boundary setting with kids, like, is something we talk about very frequently. 100%, yeah. Right? Whatever. Second instance, they were in the kitchen. Gus just finished eating, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he was by his bowl, and same deal. One of the kids went up and, like, bear-hugged him, right? Mm. And he was, like, next to the dog and, like, kind of grabbed the dog to pull him away while he was bear-hugging him, and then he tried to, like, lunge and bark at the kid. Right. Mm. So I'm like, listen, I was like, I get it. I totally understand the frustration. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I do listen when I get emails like that from people, which we don't get them very often. We have really great clients. And again, these are good clients. Right. But but when we do get them, I understand the frustration when you're having issues. It's stressful. We talked about it's frustrating when you can't communicate and and you want to look for why. Why isn't that? You know, what's going on here right now? Mm. Right. But, you know, I also know that these aren't dog problems, right? I know that these are boundary setting problems. I know that this dog was gone for a month and now is back in the house, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the kids are probably overwhelming him a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? And we're not setting proper boundaries. And and it's everything's changing again. There's new rules, new structure. And, uh, you know, whatever. That's why this stuff is happening, right? And it's something that I'm not super concerned about because I know we could set those boundaries and solve that problem. But the problem was owner's mind went right to we did this. Now, Mm -hmm. other details with it, right? In the uh, questionnaire that we have everybody fill out prior to coming in for training, it said right on it that he has growled at the kids over toys and food before. Oh, jeez. Right. So this is not something that yeah. he's never done before. Yeah, right. This is something he has done before. And maybe you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. But the dog is only like eight months old. Yeah. So like he's still growing. Yeah, and developing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like he's coming into his own. He's mature. You know what I mean? Like that's where it's extra important to set these boundaries. Whatever. So, so I'm like, listen, like I want to come to the house. I want to see what's going on and help you guys learn to manage this better. Guy, he's still he's still pissed off at this point. Whatever. It's fine. I'm going to go to the house. Right. Go to the house. Walk in the house. Right. Pure chaos. Absolute pure chaos. Dog is loose. Children are loose. Kids are literally, I was there for 45 minutes, 50 minutes. I don't think they stopped moving the entire time I was there, which is their kids. I get it, right? But like, like 
like <laughs> like like chaos like yeah. like i'm talking they had to- they wouldn't leave him alone for 45 minutes the dog right yeah. and the dog did phenomenal i mean he tolerated it so well they're like hitting him with toys and like pulling on him and grabbing him and like i think at two different occasions a toy went flying through the air and like hit me <laughs> like while i was there and stuff right like it was just chaos. Yeah. it was absolute chaos yeah, right Jesus, and the dog yeah. was doing so freaking good with it. <clears throat> and as soon as i walked in right i looked at the wife the wife was there and i'm just like you know, you know what the problem is. You know what I mean? Like we had that moment where I just looked at her. I didn't even need to say it. You know, yeah. I'm just like, this is the issue, right? Yeah. Of course he's going to growl at them. Yeah. Of course, at some point he's going to be fed up with this. And because you guys aren't letting him know that we've got your back, we're going to help you feel safe in this moment. He is going to handle that situation. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and again, I'm, I'm triple clear. This is not to owner shame. I have no problem helping you get past these emotional hurdles and helping you understand these things, yeah. right? But it all starts with you being open enough to say this is probably, what is there something I'm doing wrong? Mm-hmm. You can't have the mentality of pointing the finger and blaming for it. You cannot do that. You will never get anywhere with your dog if you do that. Mm-hmm. Never, never. Mm-hmm. And luckily, again, the situation got resolved, right? We had a fantastic conversation, right? Had a follow-up session like a week later. Everything was back on track. I think we checked in with them like a like a couple weeks ago or something like that. And I think everything is still going really well, right? So we got past it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's because they, they were willing to accept in that moment, okay, we, yeah. need, we need to do better. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality I need everybody to get. That's why I'm telling these stories here today, right? Yeah. Is, is not to point bad on somebody, right? But to help people understand you can't have that mentality with this. Because as we get into in some further examples here, there can be serious, serious ramifications for that, right? Mm-hmm. I tell everybody, I experience, I experience worst case scenario in this industry, right? We work with bad dogs, Right? You know what I mean? Like, we work with dogs that have issues. Yep. Right? And we work with a lot of different types of people as well that own these dogs that have issues. Mm -hmm. Right? And and in doing that, we're going to experience every possible issue you could imagine. Oh, yeah. You know? And our job is to help people navigate those issues and understand when things are too far gone, to understand when they've done something wrong, to understand this is why we coach the things that we coach. This is why we tell you some of these things. This is why we make you aware of some of these things because you can have the best dog in the world and anything can happen with them. Yeah. So. Take a breather here. <laughs> that was a lot. I <clears throat> I get that one too. That one, that one's extra hard because, I mean, anytime you have children involved, it's just more, like you said, emotionally charged, mm-hmm. you know, in the in beginning. So as soon as they heard a growl towards a child, I mean, you get it. Sure. It's tough. Like we said, it's such a fine line that we're in in trainers, as trainers, right? Because, because again, I, I, people come first, right? Your kids come first, Mm -hmm. right? I understand that, right? And, and I don't want anybody's kids put at risk. You know what I mean? And if I think that dogs are going to be dangerous towards children or anything like that for like unprovoked, like unnecessary reasons right i am team kids in that situation whether it's you get rid of the dog or or whatever or you figure something out you know management system or this or that but we have to look at you know in situations where the responsibility does fall on the people as well yeah right so so it's hard and this is where it gets i there's so many trainers that i know that have been doing this for way longer than me right 20 years right longer stuff like that 
and and I see people in this industry get so jaded over stuff, right? Mm. They get so jaded because they experience stuff like that where yeah. you could easily just be like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding? You know what I mean? Like, you could just immediately... Like, yeah. my first thought when I saw that, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you got to be able to take a step back, yeah. right? And you got to be able to look at why are they so emotional right now about things? Because this is their family, right? Yes. And they don't understand. The communication exactly. is not... They're, they're only in that middle stage. They kind of get things, but they don't fully get things yet. Yeah. And that's where we need to continue coaching them, you know? Yep. So, so, so yeah. So, that's th- that first example is for the purpose of me explaining again how, how owners need to adopt the mentality of how to be better for their dogs, right? Um, these next two examples are much more serious, right? And highlight two very specific points, right? We're going to get in. Okay. I'm trying to think which one do I start with. We'll just go in order, right? Both of these incidents happened three days apart from each other, right? Or or whatever day they... I heard about both of these instances three days apart from each other, right? right. So same deal. Another dog that did a board and train, mm-hmm. right? And, and listen, I'm telling everybody worst case scenario right now. And another thing too, like that, a lot of people I'm sure can listen to this and be like, wow, David, sure sounds like you're doing fucking good board and train programs or you're doing crappy send home lessons that don't give people the proper information, this and that. I, I guarantee you any trainer out there that works with behavioral modification has experienced everything that I'm describing to you guys, oh, yeah. right? We're being transparent about these things because this is so important for owners to know, yes. right? Because we want everybody to be safe. We want all animals to be safe. And again, we want people to really take the things we tell them seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whatever. So I'm on vacation, right? This just happened over the, both these just happened over the weekend, right? And uh, <clears throat> a client that did a board and train a couple months ago uh, reaches out to me, starts like calling my phone like repeatedly, right? So I knew something was wrong, obviously. I couldn't take the phone call right then, so I waited. A text message came in, right? Um, they have a dog that came to us not even really with dog aggression issues. The dog was pretty cool with other dogs, right? But the dog had a lot of fear-based issues, right? And the dog had some resource guarding issues over toys, right? Mm-hmm. Toys and food specifically, right? <clears throat> um, this individual that owns this dog um, travels between like three households very regularly, right? A uh, person has family in Florida and two places in Cleveland that they bounce around uh, between, right? Okay, okay. Very difficult situation for any dog, yeah. right? Especially a dog that has fear-based issues. So we spent a lot of time, we did a lot of follow-up classes going into how do we manage this kind of stuff? How do we avoid problems when we're socializing our dog with people, when we're socializing our dog with other dogs? How do we incorporate muzzles for safety with things? Stuff like that. Like we went into everything, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> things were going great, right? Literally, we're going phenomenal. Like this person literally left as a review like four days before this incident happened because of how great things were <laughs> yeah. going. You know what I mean? Damn it. So, 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 so they were in Florida, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it was mother, mother in law, something like that, has a really old chihuahua, right? Dog's like four pounds, <clears throat> right? Um, the dog is like, I think like 14 or 15, something like that, like really old, mm-hmm. right? And, in the owner's mind, this ain't a big deal. This chihuahua just does its own thing. I'm going to kind of slide on some of the rules a little bit, 
you know? And, and I get it. I understand. Things have been going so good. We think we're past everything. We think everything's fine and rainbows and butterflies at this point. Even though we've done a lot of coaching on this is a long-term management process, things are going so good, right? Mm-hmm. We're in like that honeymoon stage of things, right? Playing with a toy with the dog, right? With, with the girl's dog, right? Playing with a toy. Um, got a, a ball or something like that. Chewing on a ball. Chihuahua comes over to try to take the ball. Dog has a history of resource guarding issues. Dog turns, resource guards the ball, bites the dog one time. Dog dies. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, and it's uh, like it's like you can't Jesus. help but like I mean, <sighs> yeah. You you know what I mean? Like, and listen, like like in this particular situation, right? Dog was at the end of its. Life. I mean, the dog probably was not in great health to begin with. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Dog was so freaking small. I mean, like three pounds is so tiny. Yeah, right. And this dog was not a big dog. Right. This dog is like I think like just under fifty pounds or something like that. Yeah. Right. But catch it just right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this is what ha- This is what happens. You know what I mean? And this is the extreme responsibility you have to take when you own dogs like this. Mm-hmm. Or. Let me clarify. When you own any dog, the second you fall into this trap, and I'm putting this client to the side for a minute because I'm not referring to this person when I talk about this stuff. The second you fall into this trap of acting like Joe Schmo fucking dog owner over in Ohio City and over in Tremont that has their dog fucking off leash everywhere and goes to patios with their dogs and goes and gets fucked up on the patio and then just lets their dog do whatever the hell they want there and... You know, lets every person come up to them and pet them and lets it meet every dog on the street and just thinks my dog would never do that. You run into situations like this and bad shit fucking happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, man. That's crazy. Dude, it's it's so it's in it's infuriating. But again, going back to my responsibility, right? I take the responsibility of being there for the person with this kind of stuff. I can't be like, it's your fault. You did this wrong, right? I need to make sure they're aware that this is, you know, that this could have been prevented, Mm -hmm. right? I do need to do that, right? But I cannot do it in a way where I'm like shaming and blaming and this and that because she already felt so bad about it, right? She already knew it was her fault, Mm -hmm. right? And and she needed coaching on you can't can't let this happen again. You cannot let this happen again. No. You know what I mean? And and this is... (laughs) It's the kind of stuff we deal with. You know what I mean? And and again, yeah. I, I need to be there for this person, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, we we talked the next couple of days, right? As soon as she's back in, in from Florida, um, you know, she's coming back in. We'll do do some more follow-up coaching and stuff and, and focus on the management side of things. But but again, reiterating here through all of these different things, there can be such a false misconception that people have signing up for training. And we do a I think, I think we do a extremely good job of communicating this transparently to people that we don't fix dogs. Yes. We do not fix dogs. Mm-hmm. We teach you how to communicate with your dog better. We teach you the language and we teach you how to manage your dog while slowly improving their tolerances to things. Yes, sir. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that all starts with you understanding this is not us that's doing it. No. It's you that's doing it. And it's you that needs to take these things seriously that we tell you. Because mm-hmm. again, I mean, listen, you know, I don't even want to say there's like good to this because there's not good to this, obviously. But 
worst case scenario, it could have been a kid, right? It could have been a person. It could have been something a lot more serious, yep. right? It was a, an older small dog, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and I don't want to take away the severity of it, right? But but this is the we we made a, a po- you made a clip or something like that once that was so good that was like what the hell was it? <laughs> you make a lot of clips. I was gonna say, yeah. which one is it, Josh? Yeah, I don't know. There's a million clips now. Motherfucker, what the hell was it? Because that was gonna t- it was gonna tie in so good to this. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was talking about how do we, you know, how do you get back to how things were before after you have an incident? Uh, we were yeah. talking about the dog fight situation. Yep. Remember? And yep, I yep. said, you fucking don't. Yeah. You don't go back to how it was before nope. because that incident, this. One incident that you had right now that was not good, that is your fucking smack in the face of you got to get it together for yeah. yourself, for your dog, for everybody else. 100%. Dude, it, like, it, is, it fucking yeah. sucks. It does you know? suck. It sucks. It sucks because we don't want anything bad to happen, right? Obviously. They don't want anything bad to happen. We know these dogs, right? We're not sending home dogs that we're like, oh, this is actually a dangerous dog, but we're going to make it seem like it's not a dangerous dog, right? Like, we're, it sucks because we're so transparent about these things with people, right? And we communicate it so much to them over and over and over and over again. You've got to take this stuff seriously. You yes. know what I mean? But for some, in some cases, until something happens, it's hard for people to get it, mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes you need the, the hard truths, I guess. say Josh <coughs> no no I, I don't have a whole lot I could say to that one I don't I don't think it's just like you said it's an unfortunate situation um, but people do have to understand that yeah this is this is long-term management that you have to realize that you have you have this with your dog for the rest of its days it's mm-hmm. it was either I mean, now we gave you the tools to manage it where yeah. you didn't have that before, you know, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's 100% just going to go away. And then, you know, getting back to it, you know, in some cases, like the management is just so not that hard, no. you know, like, like there are things, you know, people like my friends and family, when they come over, there's a lot of times when I just don't have my dogs out, you know, like I mean, we talk about this all the time, right? I just don't take them out. I don't want to deal with it, right? Yeah. I don't want to have to manage it in this situation, right? So, so I do things like that so to, to make myself not feel overwhelmed and stressed. Because if I felt like I needed to incorporate my dog into every single part of my life, right? <laughs> I would need to be on all the time and I, I would not have fun. It would no. not be a good time, nope. right? And the thing is too about that incident, right? I'm telling you, I know for a fact, Vinny and Deli probably... I don't think Vera or, or Waffles or anything like that would would ever run into a situation like that because it's not really like in their DNA. Mm-hmm. But Vinny or Deli, given the right circumstances, that exact same thing could happen with them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like that's the other thing too is you don't have it. It's not. I'm not saying you have a horrible dog, right? I'm not saying your dog's this vicious monster. I'm just saying it was like wrong place, wrong time, bad situation overall that led to that incident happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So whatever. Moving on to the last incident here, right? Happened three days after that, right? Okay. So let's let's talk about some backstory on this, right? So we got a dog that we trained and helped rehome for a local shelter, right? Mm-hmm. Good good dog, right? No no major issues, right? It's a, a difficult dog, but a good mm-hmm. dog, right? Yeah. 
did the board and train program. We donated the board and train to to the the local rescue for it. Right. We helped find a home for it. Right. We did the full board and train send home lesson with that person. Right. Got them up to speed with everything. Person had the dog for probably like seven months, something like that. It was great. Like we kept getting updates how unbelievable the dog was doing. There were no issues. This person had another dog in the house, right? Everything was good, yeah. you know? Like there were no problems. The person even reached out to the shelter like like maybe like I think it was like five months ago, six months ago, something like that, to to tell them like, wow, like things are, this is so good, right? This dog is so good, right? Yeah. Everything's great, right? I, and my timeline's all skewed with this right now, yeah. obviously. I think maybe like six months ago or something like that then, I got a call from somebody, right? Ashley or something like that, right? And uh, and they're like, hey, I have this dog. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know, um, the the previous owner I'm, I'm kind of friends with, and, you know, I have the dog now. And I was like, why? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, she had to like last minute move across the country to Denver or something. And for whatever reason, didn't want to take the dog with her. And I was like, I don't, un- I don't understand. I don't, yeah. Like <laughs> what? Whatever, you know? Okay. Like, so, so what's, what's up? Right. Like, you know, yeah. so yeah, you know, just it's, it's kind of a weird situation we're in right now because, <clears throat> um, you know, I don't have, I live in like an apartment and I can't have dogs in the apartment, but I'm buying a house soon. And then I, you know, I could have dogs and obviously the house that I'm buying. So whatever. So, so the dog is going to stay with my mom until, or with my parents until I, I get this house. Right. And I was like, okay. Okay. Right. Like how long (laughs) is it going to be this, that, right. Well, a couple months, right. This was like, it was like six months almost, Yeah, you know? Right. So <clears throat> still, so whatever. So, so I was like, all right, well, I mean, you know, I, I'd be happy to try to coach you guys through as much of the training as possible, you know, to help, uh, you know, get you guys up to speed with what you need to do to maintain it. But it's kind of a weird situation. Cause like, I'm not going to sp- spend all this time training your parents if you're going to have the dogs, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, let's just, cause, cause I mean, listen, like I'm, I'm all for doing pro bono time, but like, we've already done a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we did a full training program with the the first owner. Yeah. I'm happy to offer that training to another person, but I'm not going to do it with two other people. Yeah, you know what I mean? No. And, and whatever. So the, the, uh, the parents come in with a dog. They came in for a one hour session, right? Uh-huh. I gave them as much info as I could, you know, to, to help them understand how to just manage things in between, stuff like that, right? And, uh, you know, they, they seemed cool, right? Whatever. They seemed willing to learn and stuff like that, but they were a little older. Like, you know, I don't, it's not like they're going to be doing all sorts of stuff with this dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so whatever. So I get a text message three days after this last one, right? I'm on the way home, actually. I'm driving home from Michigan, right? <laughs> get this text message hey we had something really unfortunate happen um you know the the my i think the the parents like had like a cat that kind of like lived in the basement or something like that and uh the dog would like to chase the cat all the time right and and they never really saw it as like a huge issue even though again i'm, I'm very not into cat chasing right? yeah. we've talked about this before yeah. right and uh she kind of kind of chased the cat and got the cat just wrong right bit the cat and uh the the cat went to the emergency hospital and the cat was alive still but they said the injuries 
you probably should just put the cat down. So they had to put the cat down, right? Jeez. And, and again, like, th- in, in this case, this one is not necessarily a, like, owner's doing something wrong thing. Because in fairness, like, these parents were just holding this dog until this girl got a house. Which it yeah. sounds like the girl's getting the house in, like, a month now, fine. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. You know, this one, the moral of this story is then you get into... Why do we, why are we so strict about the rehoming thing, right? So I talk about all the time, rehoming dogs that have behavioral issues is not a good idea, right? No. Let, let's put this in a perspective here, right? If you're going to, re, if you have a dog, right? And you've had this dog for a while, right? Whatever. And you love this dog. Let's say you love this dog, but you can't handle the dog. The dog is too much, right? Whether the dog is aggressive or really, really out of control, right? And you're saying, I love this dog but I can't handle this dog, so I'm going to give it away. What do you think is going to happen when you give the dog to somebody that doesn't love the dog yet and still can't handle the dog? Yeah. They're going to get rid of the dog immediately, immediately. right? Immediately, right? Or even worse, let's say the dog has any sort of aggression issues, right? Or, you know, even just serious behavioral issues in general. And most of those we know are due to stress, right? Most of those are due to, I don't know what's going on. Communication isn't good, this, that, right? And you rehome the dog to somebody else and immediately you flip this dog's world upside down on them. What does that do? 10X those freaking stress-related behavioral issues, Yep. right? And then you start getting into dangerous things happen, Mm -hmm. right? These new people didn't understand this dog and they weren't going to understand this dog because this isn't their dog. They're holding the dog for somebody else. Exactly. Right. And this person, because she decided she wanted to move across the country, just decided, well, I just don't want this dog. So I'm just going to pass it off on to somebody else. Right. And what happens is you think, oh, it's going to go to a loving home. It's going to be fine, which it did. It went to a loving person, obviously, you know, like this, this girl that's going to have the dog clearly loves this dog. Right. He's an owner. I think they were friends with each other and stuff like that. Right. But, but then you just pass this responsibility and something bad happens. Yeah. You know, because you don't understand. You just think it's going to be fine. You just think, I'll just, I'll just, pat, you know, I can't handle this, but maybe this person can handle this because they'll have more time yeah. or something. It just doesn't, doesn't fucking work that way. Yeah. I, it doesn't. I just don't understand either because she was like giving all these updates to how everything was yeah. going so well. Dude, that's, that's a whole other conversation where I don't, I, I truly don't know. Like, I, that doesn't make sense to me. Not at all. You know, I don't understand. I mean, like, unless... She, she had another dog, right? So, yeah, she had another dog. She took that dog. Yeah, yeah, so I, I truly <laughs> don't... I don't get that, you know? It could have been anything, you know? Um, but the fact of the matter is, this is why when, when we have people reach out to us, whether it's clients, right, or whether it's potential clients or anything that say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about maybe rehoming my dog, I have a very, very serious conversation with them where we talk about what that actually looks like. <clears throat> Because yeah. in your mind, it's just like, oh, he's so bad. I'll just rehome him. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. like, I, there's no way I can handle this dog. So I'll just yeah. give him to somebody else. Yeah, offload what? my problems just, Yeah, to just, else. just give all of those issues to somebody else. Yeah. Great. Yeah, great. Like, <laughs> like, genius idea, you know? Yeah. And listen, I, I know that it, it's a mo- an emotional decision, obviously. So most yeah. people aren't thinking like that, where it's my job to help them understand that. So we have that conversation yeah. where, like, listen, it doesn't work that way. Your dog is going to be horrible for somebody else if you give yeah. it to them. It's going to be terrible, you yeah. know? And the worst thing that can happen, the worst thing, let's say you have a dog that, that has big behavioral issues, right? Mm-hmm. And you love this dog, right? And you find somebody to take this dog, right? And then this person takes this dog, and then, and you still love this dog. You want what's best for this dog, which is why you're rehoming this dog, right? And then 
this person can't handle them and puts them down. Yeah. That's the that's the worst case. The can worst. you even can you even imagine? Because this dog that you loved so much, you relinquish responsibility and you let somebody else make the hard decision to do that. Yeah. That fucking that, sucks. That's, that yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. You know? I, I've had that conversation with people before where I have this talk with them and, and we talk about it. And listen, I'm not telling anybody to put their dog down. You know what I mean? Like there are some cases of rehoming like behavioral issues and stuff like that that work fine. Yeah. Right. And and it works good and stuff like that. But there are some people that I, if I, now I couldn't imagine being in that, you know, I, I whatever. <sighs> I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't handle the thought of that happening to a dog that I love and me not being the one to do it. Yeah. Me being the one to be there for them. Oh yeah. At the end. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, I don't understand putting that any kind of a responsibility like yeah. that on somebody else. I just I just don't know. And and this is where I don't you know, I I don't have all the solutions here, right? I don't I don't know how to navigate all this stuff perfectly, right? Like, you know, like you get into this situation with this dog where it's like the dog really isn't that bad. So like sure, I'm sure they could rehome it fine. Yeah. But the the way the dog was rehomed from the standpoint of it like yeah. going to this like holding house kind of situation before yeah. going to the actual owner. That's dicey, man. And then, you know, you get into it. Let's just say hypothetically, you know, Waffles. Let's let's take Waffles tries to chase the cat sometimes. Right. He's a puppy. Right. Like the cat's interesting. And every now and then he's like, we want to chase the cat. Right. Yeah. If I just allowed that to happen for months and months and months and months, I'm sure that would turn into chase and bite because it's Mm -hmm. a biological instinct that dogs have. Yeah. So I'm sure without proper supervision over the course of six months, worst case scenario there's a possibility he could accidentally bite a cat yeah then you get into a bigger dog a bite turns into a serious injury because cats are not as tough you know what i mean like so so like this stuff getting back to the original point of all of this this shit happens we see the worst case scenario with stuff yes which is why we're so fucking adamant about these things yeah you know (laughs) there's a reason why we tell you that there's a reason why we tell you guys this stuff Right. That's rough. <clears throat> Again, this is not blaming any of these people. No. Right. All all three of them mm-hmm. are, are we've had phenomenal conversations. The last one, the good girl is finally getting the dog. She's coming in for a session, I think, next week with the dog. We're gonna start the process of this is how we make sure this doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. The second dog we describe, as soon as she's back, this is how we make sure this doesn't happen. You yeah. know, first dog doing well, obviously. That one wasn't as serious of a situation, obviously, but yeah. Um but this is what we deal. This is what we deal with as trainers, you know, is stuff yeah. like this, mm-hmm. and it's what I sign up for, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't want people to not tell me these things. Obviously, you know, yeah. I want to be there for people like this, you know. Yeah, I want to help people understand their dog better. That's what. That's at the end of the day. That's what it's all about: is understanding <laughs> your dog. Yeah, you know, it's not training your dog. It's it's building that communication so you can understand why your dog is doing what it's doing. Yeah. So I, I think this is an important podcast Mm -hmm. to share with anybody that has a dog that has had behavioral issues before anybody that has a dog, they may be thinking about rehoming. Um, you know, this is, this is, this is kind of like the reality check podcast for some people. You know, we talked about the second person that was like kind of the the smack in the face, right? <laughs> Get the shit together kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This I hope can be that for everybody before it happens. Yes. 
You know what I mean? Yep. I like it. That's pin, it, man. Pin I, drop. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, like like I said, this is not, not intended to, to blame people. That's not what this is at all. No. This is just intended to be that. Yeah, an eye-opening. A deeper insight into the reality of this kind of stuff. Yep. So, in the reality of what we deal with. And, and one last point, the reality check for people that have not done training and don't have bad dogs or whatever of being a little bit more empathetic to your trainer. Yes. It's not their, none of this is their fault. I'm no. telling you, they're there to try to help you. That's exactly. it. Yep. So Absolutely. with that, we're going to wrap it up. It's Sounds a good, good one. Yes, it was. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, if anybody has any questions or anything, obviously reach out. Uh, if anybody has any other topics they'd like to discuss, or if anybody would like to share stories, you know, that they've experienced with things, right? Yeah. Um, we've got we've got more than we could sit here for fucking <laughs> three days probably oh, and yeah. share stories like this. For you sure, you know what I mean. Like that, there's just so there's so much of it, <laughs> and, and we'll continue to try to to do a good job of sharing this kind of stuff with you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm sure we'll do a podcast at some point, probably soon, probably by the end of the year. Here, we'll do a freaking podcast where we talk about all the issues I've had with my dogs, dude. Because like I've dealt with some fucking shit with my dogs before. <laughs> Seriously, like I've yeah. dealt like you know this obviously, right? And and a lot oh, of yeah. my my friends and family and stuff like that obviously know this. I've dealt with some shit with my dogs. Yeah, right. Uh, and I've made a lot of the mistakes that you guys have made. So I feel like we get it. I feel like you 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 have such a special case with your dogs because they're all so different, yeah. like completely all of different. Them. Yeah. Like I mean, literally every single spectrums. one of them. I've had individual <clears throat> issues from is not serious as you can imagine to as serious as you can imagine. Yeah. I've dealt with it all. Yeah. You know. It's so that's crazy. why I can, so I can relate. You know. Yeah. So we'll, I'm sure we'll do that at some point here soon. Cool. Awesome. So. All right, guys. We're going to wrap that up. See you.